I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so. Exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Shall we tanja? Yeah. Tanja? Sure. Um, a lot of people in the DMs, they, uh... What? They said that last night... During the Super Bowl halftime show, all they could think about was Kalen. That was all they could think about. And whenever, whenever. <laughs> and then, uh, oh. oh, baby, when you talk like that, we um, we considered a, a bit where you uh, would be Shakira coming in to talk more about the Super Bowl halftime show, except. You um you didn't think you could actually speak like that. You can only do the singing. I I don't even know what her voice sounds. She doesn't yodel when she talks. You know, just when she sings. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I actually don't know. She just know. has an accent. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna be doing that. But yeah, when she when that <laughs> hip still lie song was was big, I was in a club and she was there and nobody knew it was her. Like really? The, like security knew that it was her, but she came with a guy, I think, or a girl, and she said. Don't I don't want anyone to know. Like I'm, it was in Dallas, and so she just kind of looked like another really attractive Hispanic girl. Mm-hmm. And so she, I guess, she told security like, "You can watch out for me, but I don't want a scene because the scene results in more." So more. she was just there dancing. That's awesome in a nightclub and whatever. And it was like really, but nobody, no one did anything. She's so I think, tiny. I think nobody believed that it could be her. Yeah. Because if you think about it, a lot of these celebrities, they make this big scene with this huge entourage, mm-hmm. and then they want to know why they get fucked with, and it's like. Because you are making a big scene, right? I think you, if there are some. I mean, cer- certainly some like, celebrities like you would know who they were, and you'd bother them, and they need security. But there are others. I think that if you saw them in a movie theater or something with a hat on, you might look. But then, like, no, there's no way they could go under the radar. Yeah, I think it's true. It's Fred and Angie's the tangent, giving you all the shit we couldn't talk about on air. Um, this BuzzFeed article. Uh, somebody who I don't know who sent this, but 
BuzzFeed article about the um, the things that people are being taught today in school sex ed. Whoa, that's all whack. Uh, and I think <laughs> I'm dying to know <laughs> what, what is what is some stuff that you thought about sex before you learned, like for real. Like I thought the vagina was in the front. <laughs> You did, yeah. Like because you because when like people a coin slot? like when people when you're little and you think mm-hmm. of humping and you've never done it, you don't know. It's always like the oh, idea yeah. of two people on top of each other, right? But what I didn't, I, I never put together that it was in like in between, underneath, kind of, and not like <laughs> that. You like the penis didn't go straight into. The- <laughs> I thought like my mom told <laughs> me what I thought as a kid. Instead of being like honest about it and having a real conversation, my mom told me that babies that came out of your belly button, and I believe that for quite a while that's one that's on here too is that there are some people who still believe that what or like or like they, they have to be convinced that the babies doesn't they don't come out of the belly button or whatever Whoa. and it wasn't that my parents were not open about stuff like that we just and if i had asked them they would have explained it to me we just didn't really talk about it like there were a lot of things we just didn't talk about in my family and again Same. not not because anybody was ashamed of it or because we couldn't but everybody was pretty modest. It's so weird because my mom was like the mom that like walked around the house naked and stuff. But then when it came to having sex talk with me, it never happened. Even like when I got my period, she threw a box of tampons at me and said, read instruction. And like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, OK. So there wasn't a lot of that talk. And then you end up, you know, getting information from your friends that's always, like, bullshit, you know, because yeah, they don't right. know what they're doing either. Right. I was that friend. <laughs> like, you were the friend that was giving information? Yeah, like, I really knew. Like, what, 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 I would love to hear this. What kind of information <laughs> were you providing to others, Paulina? Well, I mean, when I was younger, like, because we would have to go to, like, sex ed uh, classes, they would separate the boys and the girls, right? Yeah. So I would take some of that information, then I would take info from, like, my mom and kind of, like, mix it all together. So I used to say, like, that, um, uh, what did I say? Oh, that, like, you can get pregnant um, even if, like, they don't not inside of you. Oh! I used to think that. Like, like how? Uh, taking the prenatal well, you can, vitamins? You can. You can. <laughs> you can but you pregnant. can. You can get pregnant if the guy doesn't fully nut inside well, of you. As yes. you would say, nut inside of you. <laughs> you know what I mean. So you trying to get my mouth pregnant? What's going on? Like, yeah, oh, then No, the- like, in fact, you, no, in fact, that you have every, I think it's basically every opportunity to get pregnant from the pre-cum that you yeah. do from the big nut. I mean, you could, right? But like at the time, like I didn't really know You were much. saying to not even have sex. You could. So you were actually right about yeah. that. I said you can get <laughs> you pregnant didn't know it. if you were like humping with clothes on. I used to say you can get pregnant because I thought you could. Like if we had clothes like on. Like if you were dry yeah. humping? Dry yeah. humping? Yeah, yeah, yeah dry Whoa. humping. No. Yeah, I was like crazy. You can't? Right? <laughs> I was That's weird. what I tell my kid. That's what I tell <laughs> I'm paying some child support on some situations like that right now. Are you telling me is that true? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Well, what are the things that people um, believe, like the dumb things? Well, some of these are like heavy. Like, um, I'm a middle schooler in sex ed right now. I was reading a paragraph about abstinence that disgusted me. It said in bold letters, perks of staying abstinent. Staying abstinent can keep you safe from rape and molestation. Uh, no. That's ridiculous. If that's really being taught, God. that's insane. That is insane. Because that is, of course entirely untrue um number two on this list from buzzfeed i teach at a middle school and there's absolutely zero sex education the seventh grade student asked me how her older sister's baby was going to come out of her belly button (laughs) see and you're in seventh grade wow i mean i I learned that that's not where they came from before seventh grade but i just learned it right now so um (laughs) comes out the comes out the front i didn't know until i I actually had a baby I'm like, why is it coming out of there? It's supposed to be coming out of my belly button. Uh, last year when I was a freshman, they gave us a packet that talked about STDs, condoms, and birth control. And then at the end of the packet, there was an area where you would sign that said that you would refrain from sex until you were married. I didn't sign, Whoa. but it was encouraged that you should. That's wow. crazy. 
Wow. Uh, I was taught that the only way to not get pregnant was to never have sex. They never taught us about condoms or birth control. Messed up. I think there are a lot of people who believe that if you teach your kids about contraception that you're enabling them. No. And I think in some ways you're just accepting what could be and giving them another option. Because if you don't have that conversation at all, then you're running the risk that they're going to do it anyway, and and yet they're going to do it without the proper information. I mean, contraception's not just for preventing pregnancies you have to like keep them safe there's diseases there's so many other things and well of course but it, i like, mean but yeah. yeah it's not enabling it's educating because they're going to do it anyway and you're crazy to think that if you just preach abstinence that that's the way it's going to be mm-hmm. well and i don't want to misquote my parents i think the story is right but when i was 12 or 13 and my mom who did my laundry put my laundry on my bed with a a Costco-sized box of Magnum condoms. She included that wow, with my laundry. Wow, she had high hopes for you. Yeah. She did. She she has more faith in me than I have in me. Um, but I <laughs> guess gonna say like that's a, what moms are for. I thought you were yeah. going to say like she gave you like a Costco-sized like bag of tube socks or something. <laughs> no, no, she did that too. But um, <laughs> no, but she. I guess I guess that was an internal debate between my mom and my father because I guess my father thought that was like essentially he was. Saying that if she give if you give him the condoms, it's like you're saying it's okay to go do this. And again, I don't want to be wrong about this. I know there was some conversation about whether that was the right thing to do. And I think her thing was, well, I'd rather that he not be embarrassed to buy them and then not use them if that is the yeah. thing. Little does she know, I never use those condoms and I wasn't having sex for like another six years. So <laughs> um, I'm a female student who's taking sex ed now. The funniest thing to me is how often they refer to penises and male anatomy, but rarely discuss vaginas and female anatomy. So, like, wow. you don't say the V word, but you say the P word. That's crazy. Like, that's easier. Um, we were given a pamphlet and 30-minute lecture, and that was it, I guess. Um, another thing, this is stuff that um, people are learning in sex ed that may not be true or isn't true. We were taught that abstinence, lots and lots of it, were taught about that and shown pictures of STDs and told that we would get them if we had sex. What kind of schools are these people going to? Wow. A lot of different ones. Um, I'm a high school student. Let me tell you, sex ed's not taught very well. During our last sex ed class, somebody asked, does a vegetable, does using a vegetable to stimulate yourself put you in danger of STDs? (laughs) Wow. Um, What are you doing with those carrots back there? Yeah, if you probably, if you use them. And eat them after. Don't put those back. Um, <laughs> I've been teaching sex ed at a high school for almost 14 years, and I'm still teaching the same curriculum as I was during my first year. We've experienced a decade of new discoveries and busted myths, and don't change a thing when it comes to educating kids about this stuff. And I hate to be that guy who brings up porn, um, but I also have to wonder as a kid, as a young person who doesn't have a lot of sexual experience or any, with porn being so easily accessible mm-hmm. does it create the idea that that's what sex is i think that i the, think that it has and that that's how it goes down and that's how you should treat a woman or a man and that the and and, and that all of this stuff is mainstream i think they think that that's how you're supposed to do it all the time like, yeah i wonder about that yeah uh, I went to public high school for a few years, and the health class was a nightmare. My teacher would consistently remind the class that she was Catholic, so she didn't believe in the things that she had to teach us. <laughs> uh, I had a teacher like that. It wasn't for sex ed, though. She, uh, she, we did like muscles or I don't know anatomy or something, and she would bring in like she'd go to the butcher. She was a vegetarian, oh, yeah, and um, she would go to like the butcher and buy the off pieces that the butcher like of muscle and bones and uh-huh. just the most disgusting stuff she could find bring it in and use that 
to teach about anatomy and Whoa. and about like animals and stuff. And it was clearly a way to further her agenda, which oh. was that you know not to eat meat. This is what it looks like. This is what you're eating. Yada yada. And for like six months, I wouldn't eat meat. My mom was so pissed. I think she wouldn't talk to her. You know, like look, lady. Yeah, you do what you want to do, but like my kid's got to eat meat because he's like he's got to fit into these Magnum condoms. That's right. That's exactly right. He's eleven and weighs forty-seven pounds, so like I got to feed this kid something. So can you shut the fuck up? Like I remember, in I don't know what class it was, either like a health class or a science class though that they would show, you know, like the farming. Like some of the videos that you would yeah. see, like a PETA type video, but they would show it just for like, you know, perspective, perspective, like this. Oh, see, is- I wasn't old enough. We weren't old enough to make those decisions based on knowledge. Like we didn't know the health or, or, or lack of health benefits or we weren't learning about nutrition or protein or it was just like literally was look at how gross this is and this is what you're eating. And yeah, it is, I guess, but like it, it wasn't, I don't think it was being presented in a way that gave us a choice or that we had the, the maturity to, to even understand mm-hmm. um, versus just don't eat meat because it's gross. Um, anyway, let me see here. Uh, I'm a sophomore and in health class, we just watch movies about bullying and anorexia and look up super easy dictionary words in our textbook. We don't even talk about sex. I remember it's- sex ed class just being really like sterile like learning about the fallopian tubes and like anat like it was more of an anatomy class but you know what's funny and- is I, I we've done this before on the show where we've we've like laid out the anatomy of men and women and most people don't know how their body works like that's the interesting part is i think they should probably be teaching that stuff because i think they're most people don't they can't even identify the parts on their own body yeah and this is a little bit frightening <laughs> but the other thing is if you're a teacher like a defensive teachers how do you teach sex ed now because everyone's offended and everyone you know no I, I don't know everyone thinks that their parenting style and their technique and whatever they read on the internet's better than everybody else's so there is no one way to do it i would assume that you would have to i don't know give the parents a hat up before you know you you do the sex ed classes and sort of tell the parents like what's going to be involved to let them know because i'm sure like there's always going to be a parent that has a problem with it but then if you're a parent who's not going to allow your kid to be in that class then i feel like you you have to commit yourself to to teaching them because whether you want to do it or let the teacher do it like it has to be done and it sounds like in a lot of these examples it's not being done at all it's either i what i learn at school or what i'm what i don't what i learn at home and none of it's right right i don't know this goes back to my thing about classes. There needs to be there need to be more real world classes mm-hmm. in oh, schools yeah, for sure. You know, it's the same thing about this this, this whole stigma that uh, you know trade schools are bad or something, or trade schools are lesser than a four year college. Like, no, nothing wrong with trade schools. Mm-hmm. If you want to go be an electrician or a plumber you, or a carpenter, or with, you'll always have a job. You should do it. <laughs> you can make good money doing it. Yeah. You should not be ashamed of that. It is not lesser than. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true with high school and 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 education in general. Which is well, if we don't teach kids how to do calculus and we don't teach kids, you know. I don't know, um, a bunch of stuff, then they're going to be idiots. It's like, well, they may or may not remember that. And I would agree that there's a basis. Like, some of that stuff has to be taught, right? Um, but I also think there's, there's other stuff that kids leave high school not knowing how to do. And then you're supposed to, for some people, that's the end of their education. Yeah. And they're going to go out in the real world and they don't know how to do basic stuff. I have this talk with my daughter all the time. She's terrified to be an adult, like terrified. And I, like, she's a uh, freshman in high school. I couldn't wait to graduate and be an adult and go start my life. She's like, I don't know how to do anything. Like, I'm scared to death. She's going to be 18 in three years. And she's like, I don't know how to do this. Do that. I'm like, well, you have time and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why don't they teach that kind of stuff in school she's irritated that they don't and i'm like well 
you know, I'll teach you those things as you go along. But yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And my parents were good parents. They taught me a lot of stuff, but then there was other stuff I didn't know how to do. And luckily I had them to call upon yeah. because they knew the answers. Even when they didn't teach me, they knew the answers. A lot of people like like financial uh, literacy. Oh my A lot God. of people, most people God, I feel I like wish. don't know anything yeah. about financial literacy. Shit, I would be stacked right now. If yeah. I was, yeah. It was the best thing my parents did for yeah. me was teach me about spending and literally maybe, maybe it was the best thing they did for me. Yeah. If you don't have the money, you can't buy it. That's it. And that was the attitude. And that's not the attitude as a grown-up. You know, you do take loans out on things and, and you know, you make smart financial decisions. But as a kid, if you don't have the cash, you can't afford it. Yeah. That's it. Nobody taught me about that either. Nope. We didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. So I think that they well, just thought, like, what am I going to teach her about money for? Like, I, I don't have anything to teach. Like, there's a reason. Well, the money we did have wasn't mine. So, and that was important, too. You yeah. know, it was like, you, you want something, go out and figure out how to make it. But I love that your parents like were able to teach you everything. I mean, my mom kind of did the same thing for me. But I had friends like that I went to like high school with or grammar school, and like you know their parents were undocumented and stuff. So for them, like buying a house is so unheard of. Like I couldn't buy a house to save my life right now. But like they weren't taught that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, student loans or whatever. Like it was just like it's a w- different kind of dynamic. But they, I feel like they, they need to be. Teach. They gotta teach you this stuff in high school. Like you have to learn. And mm-hmm. I hate that they don't do that. Especially, and this is just a theory that I've been talking about for a minute. Is like in low income neighborhoods, they especially. Don't teach you a lot of things mm-hmm. like how to invest your money. Like, what the fuck is investing? Like, well, I'm trying to learn how to do that now at 27. I agree with you, and I'm sure there are a lot of teachers who listen to our podcast because they listen to our show. And I, the thing that sucks is you're probably listening, going, "I agree," but quit piling all of this responsibility on teachers. And it's true, uh, a lot of this responsibility falls on parents. Parents are sure. teachers are not parents. For sure. Yeah. However, I guess I would say to educators or, or to you know administrators, how do you how can you incorporate some of these lessons into what you're already required to teach such that you're because i realize that you have to teach to in a lot of ways you're teaching to what the standard is is being set by the school district that that determines Mm -hmm. your efficacy as a teacher Mm -hmm. right because they take these tests Mm -hmm. from what i understand these and then they you know schools are evaluated and teachers are evaluated based on how well the students do on the curriculum that they set out so i get that that's the challenge but like at some point somebody at a higher level needs to say yeah you have to learn how to do math but maybe we can teach math in a way uh, you know, more more universally yeah. that incorporates taxes or investment or saving or budgeting yeah. or and maybe it's happening, but I, I or at least to have a, like an elective type yeah. class once the kids are mm-hmm. you know junior seniors right. about to you know be adults. It would be nice yeah. to send them off with that knowledge, like adulting class, adulting one hundred and one. Like here's here's some basic tips on not fucking your financial future. Here's some basic tips on eating when you're. Don't have any money. Here's here's how to wash your clothes properly, and yeah. uh, you know here's how to I don't know find an yeah. apartment, and I don't I mean yeah. I don't know I just and maybe some of the stuff you figure out, and that's what makes you know it, it adds character. But look it's, at this stuff. People think you the can just vaginas it. at a belly button. You like, can Google it. Google everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It explains a lot though, because I've been I've been tackling that belly button now for some time, and it's just. <laughs> Oh my Not working God. out, or did yeah. it, it is? It works out fine for me. Oh. I just don't think. It's- <laughs> yeah, stay there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh Would explain God. a lot of things. Well, maybe I'll try the other thing. All right. Um, <laughs> what, if, nah. what if? What if it's an Audi? Well, <laughs> it's an any when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Punch through that floor, man. <laughs> my man. Okay. <laughs> We're twelve. Uh, get that belly button. <laughs> Come here, baby. That's right. That's I right. Get it. Oh my god! I'm about to give you an itty. <laughs> oh. 
to turn on. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> uh, have a nice day, everyone. <laughs> I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.